I'm Matthew. And I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between the world of Asian cinema. You might notice this week that there isn't three of us, though. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this this week and the next one, it's probably going to be the two of us for a lot of various reasons. But we are very excited, and I know that Carlos is probably going to speak for two people uh. with this week's episode. <laughs> probably. Uh, which is... Uh, 1968's Yokai Daisenso, or sometimes known as Yokai Spook Warfare, which right. we're not going to call it that, but <laughs> that is a name that you'll see it seem sometimes called. So when yeah, uh, it, it was released on DVD. I I think it was ADV that actually brought them out. Yeah, and they the, they the t- West. yeah they titled them. I have two out of the three of them, and actually these DVDs are pretty well sought after. Um, so uh, we're talking about the second film in kind of a spiritual trilogy of films from the late 60s. Yeah, this is 1968's Yokai Daisenso. And when ADV brought that over here, they called it Yokai Monsters series. And this is the second one, and they called it Spook Warfare. And um, yeah, so Yokai Daisenso basically does mean like the Great Yokai War. And mm-hmm. um the Great Yokai War is which, I was also... Say, which is a different movie that was made by Takashi Miike in the mid-80s. Yeah, yeah. So 2005, Takashi Miike basically made... It's kind of like a spiritual remake. Yeah, it... But you, if uh, it, it is the stuff I read about said it was kind of more based on like a, a different thing, but kind of took elements of this movie and these series of movies from the 60s as well. Yeah. And I actually I actually just watched it today. And you can you can definitely see like the overlap between the two, but it is still kind of its own thing. Yeah, it's like there are thematic uh similarities. And I think that the overall message is kind of the same, but the way that it's executed is very different. The the thing that I really like about this film and why I feel like it was the most fun to talk about out of the three of uh, the trilogy from the 60s is that Yokai Daisenso really focuses on the yokai and almost the, like their identity as like a Japanese, almost like a patriotic symbol in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah. not like it's not like a very it, it's in like a cute, fun way. I yeah, I think you. I think you said we were messaging this nationalistic in the cutest way possible. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it it carries this theme of like, I don't know, uh, nature or the natural world versus mm-hmm. an invader, and uh, that's represented in Yokai Daisenso by a foreign monster, and in the Great yokai war is represented by this kind of evil dude that's kind of trying to make machines out of everything yeah it's kind of like the modern world versus yeah. like the natural world more mm-hmm. than and this one you say it's a foreign power and it is but the foreign power represents is ancient babylon yeah that's really <laughs> so, funny too. Which, yeah <laughs> which is nice because again it goes to it being nationalistic in a cute way because it's not like you know, the evil Chinese threat or something like that, or, you know, 
the Indian threat or something like that. It's it's Babylon. It's a a long since extinct, <laughs> you know, nation. Yeah, in the film they say he's awoken from like a four thousand year slumber, <laughs> and I I like how yeah in the film all the yokai are like you know we're we're the we're the monsters of Japan we can't let this guy come in and disrespect yeah. us so they all form up as a like almost like an Avengers team of of monsters <laughs> yeah. to to fight this villain and yeah I honestly I was kind of thinking of soccer killer whenever we were oh, doing this sure yeah similar um, to that how it's like this kind of nationalistic like, icons yeah. yeah the the movie itself is like it's it's weird because the movie is only an hour and 20 minutes long, but it just it, it's paced really badly. Mm. Like there's a lot of really cool parts in the movie that I really like that we'll get into. But just the overall movie, just I don't know, a lot of it just kind of drags and spots and like there's not an like we don't get introduced to the cool yokai kind of portion of it until like 20 minutes into it. Yeah, and, and I think what I think what that gets at is actually a genre of film that we haven't covered yet on Heroes 3 and yeah. I'm talking about kaiju films. So uh yeah. something Oh yeah, this is very this some of the music sounds like it was just ripped from Godzilla. Sure. <laughs> like, and and pacing wise, it's it's very like a Godzilla film where you have okay. you know kind of uh, a lot longer of a wait <laughs> than you really want to get to the real fun stuff. But I do, I mean, they don't skimp on the practical effects. And mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really fun kind of example of this uh, kind of 60s, 50s era of tokusatsu. And it kind of gets into certain aspects of kaiju films as well. And actually, Dae is the company that released this. They're the company that uh, were known for Godzilla. I mean, I'm sorry, not Godzilla, Gamera. Whereas uh, Toho and they were all doing Godzilla and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. by si- by 68, I'm testing myself. Let's see. 68, <sighs> I think, is like uh, Destroy All Monsters. So Godzilla has already been very established. And I mean... Godzilla kind of starting all of this kind of tokusatsu kaiju kind of stuff in the 50s and even that being an answer to like something like King Kong and um mm-hmm. actually around this time I think uh yeah I think Toho was doing their uh, own King Kong there have you ever seen like the robot Kong like mechanic Kong I think he's called I have not no Oh man <laughs> yeah so like they did a couple of films where King Kong no, I- I really have I haven't seen that many kaiju movies. Oh, like I've man. seen the original I've seen like the original Godzilla, but I haven't yeah. seen too many others. Oh, I mean knowing all the stuff that we cover on think, Heroes 3 I think I've seen, like, I've seen Gamera as covered by Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. But I honestly I do feel like most of the people that kind of think of Gamera think of him as a joke because of that. Yeah. And actually the <laughs> Dai films were of varying quality so some of them are are pretty bad but some are really cool but they also did stuff like uh there's a film called warning from space that movie's really cool i really like that um just these old kind of 50s and 60s monster films like you know you would see here in the states like the blob or you know you know these films where there's like a giant praying mantis or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of like the fun stuff that i really enjoy this camp and pulp yeah i was i was expecting it to from the ending of the movie to have like a 
like a super sentai they both grow gigantic and, and fight each other kind of thing but, yeah and you get kind no, of they, they stay more size you get half of that i mean they're that's true that's i do true. i do like them fighting yeah the the antagonist when he like grows to such a huge size and them having to use like certain yokai that have that ability to fly they use them in the battle which is really fun but okay so <laughs> We, we talk about kaiju stuff and tokusatsu a little bit. I don't really want to get into all the history of tokusatsu because um, even though this is 68 and this is still kind of the early era, um, there's still a lot going on. There's a lot of ground to cover when it comes to tokusatsu. But um, what I did want to really talk about and where my brain has been, <laughs> I've just been cooking all of this uh, for <laughs> the last like couple of weeks, is yokai because um, yokai are like the Japanese kind of folk monsters that go back hundreds of years and it was originally passed down by oral tradition and and i really i just i think yokai are kind of like nothing else when it comes to these kind of urban myths or car you know like spooky stories that you'd hear like bloody mary or or something like like that the mothman or something like that yeah yeah in that vein almost right the thing that's really interesting to me about yokai is how how culturally significant they are and how Mm. kind of tied almost to they aren't tied to shintoism but i feel like shintoist beliefs really inform the relationships that people have with yokai and i've there's a book that i absolutely will recommend to anybody it's called (laughs) yokai attack it's by matt alt and his wife hiroko yoda and it's basically like a modern day visual encyclopedia of all the major yokai then there's yeah there's a lot of and it's handled really well it's almost like a kid's book it's like um i mean i know you're a little younger than me but there's this series of books called zoo books where oh, they were I just know zoo like, books. Okay, yeah. So that's what I think of. They, like, they were advertised constantly on PBS and like Nickelodeon and stuff when yeah. I was a kid. So if there was like a zoo books, but just the monsters, not PBS, but you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. All through the captivating, colorful pages of Zoo Books, the publication is specially created for young readers. Each monthly issue of Zoo Books is packed with breathtaking, full-color photos and scientifically accurate illustrations, plus games and puzzles. It's just monster version of Zoo Books. That's like what I <laughs> see how they handle it, or or like a D and D, like a monster, book. like a monster manual. Yeah, yeah that's in a lot of ways, it, it, it seems like that, and it's like yeah, there's art. Uh, along with each entry and they give you fun little facts and it's kind of like this goofy fun time of a little book and it's mm-hmm. a really quick read so i'd highly recommend it and this has informed a lot of uh of, of the intake that i've been uh consuming lately mm-hmm. when it comes to all this yokai stuff but yeah. um yeah so like in in shinto beliefs there's like this animism where they feel like you know inanimate objects can have a soul or they can have like an essence and a lot of yokai have these similar beliefs and there's also i don't know it's just it's so it's so interesting to me how yokai can kind of inform you how to live your life so for an example there's a yokai that's basically if your bathroom gets dirty 
this <laughs> this demon will show up and lick up all the mildew in your bathroom. Ugh. Yeah, so you're kind of cursed with this monster now. So of course, you in your daily life, you want to keep your bathroom clean, so you yeah. don't have to deal with that. But it's also uh, that, that sounds like that was invented by a mom that wanted to get their kid to clean the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it, there's also you know explaining the unexplained. So mm. you know maybe. There's the Kappa, which I feel like everybody, and we'll see the Kappa in this yeah. film, is like a river monster, kind of like mm-hmm. a big turtle. But uh, you could he see has a that. Weird, like bald head. Yeah, he's got, what it is is like a plate on his head that's supposed to oh, contain. Oh, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, water. And actually, if you break that plate, it can like weaken him or kill him. Um, so uh, that could. If you played ex- Animal Crossing, that's, there's a character that's just called Cap'n, but yeah. it's like apostrophe in. So it's like a kappa. Yeah, that's. I remember yeah. whenever I whenever I learned what a kappa was, and then I saw a played Animal Crossing game. I was like, oh, it's it's one of those. A lot of the stuff in this movie actually reminds me of those those things that you learn whenever you're a, a dork for Japanese stuff, and then mm-hmm. play video games, and then you're like, oh, that's that thing from from Japanese folklore, and it's in every video game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like in Kirby, there are those umbrellas that float yeah, around. Yeah, you're right. Or even the wheel. There's like the wheel with the eyeball. Mm-hmm. So there's a yeah. type of like a classification of yokai called Sukumogami. And it's basically it's basically if you discard an item, like if you have mm-hmm. an old pair of shoes or, or something or like, like an old umbrella and you toss it out, mm-hmm. it can kind of gather this kind of resentment or negative energy mm-hmm. and then it will a- animate itself and become a yokai so gotcha. that's what you have that karakasa the umbrella yokai is mm-hmm. kind of like that gotcha but, and that's and that's what the the Mike movie uh great yokai war is kind of all about that and mm-hmm. like the discarded things having like becoming resentful yeah yeah it's really fun it's really interesting there's yeah there's a ton of ton of different yokai that represent all of these different reasonings like uh you know there is a a wall that will just block your path if you're lost <laughs> at night <laughs> it's literally just a wall with a face <laughs> so um, yeah it's, it's funny seeing things throughout history where you're like okay people people were kind of phoning it in in all of human history sometimes you know <laughs> yeah but I, I love how they've personified these different... Like, you can think nowadays, I guess, what's a modern... What would a modern yokai be? Like, something that... The Slender Man? Yeah, the there's the thought of. Slender Man. But I honestly feel like something like the Slender Man is made to really terrify you. And, like, mm. I feel a lot of yokai... That's true. Yokai just are wanna... just... Yeah, they're just kind of creatures in the world. They're not yeah. inherently evil or or good. Or they want to just creep you out. So there's mm-hmm. like the no the like a person without a face, no perabo, and it's literally like you're walking down a street and there's a person, and then when you get close to them, they just turn and look at you and they have no face. They're not going to mm-hmm. kill you. They just want to scare you. <laughs> but you also <laughs> have stuff like you know we covered Juan and. Actually, on uh, Swim Fans, they just recently did an episode about the ring. And I don't feel like they're yokai. They're they're more like vengeful ghosts. Onryo is what you would mm-hmm. say. But those are kind of more of like what I would say, like a Bloody Mary or something that's 
really out to get you like a vengeful or or born from like a tragedy yeah yeah whereas yokai sometimes they're just goofy fun like things (laughs) that's almost like that's like bigfoot is almost more of a yokai and like an american yokai because he's not inherently evil he's just kind of this weird creature that just kind of wanders around people catch a glimpse of him yeah and there's like a fun mystery to all of that Uh, um i think they call them cryptids yeah cryptids that's the word i was trying to find Mm -hmm. that's that yeah that's what i would think like kind of a modern day yokai but there would be mm-hmm. like an interesting origin to this like to bigfoot it would be that's like that's true yeah there's a hairy dude in a circus and yeah, he yeah. got lost and yeah. he you know he just wants to you know help you find your way home or something mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well that's kind of actually that's kind of the mothman cuz the mothman the whole idea is that he like predicts like he's at a place before a terrible thing happens and so like if you kind of if you see that then you can avoid like a bad fate that's kind of the that's kind of the myth that's propped up with with that nice and i we you talked a little bit before we recorded about castlevania and i feel like (laughs) castlevania is such like a melting pot of all of these different kind of Mm -hmm. mythologies and they do pull from uh yokai in little ways but it's not like as much as you would think that they would but Mm -hmm. definitely i feel like in one of the ds versions of the castlevania games there was a mothman and he was like one of the secret you're right there is secret dudes (laughs) that you get towards the end of the game yeah (laughs) um the stupid wheel monster is a a yokai yeah right right those things in castlevania the flaming wheel so mm-hmm. I do have that Yokai Attack book with me right now. Oh, and cool. I was actually hoping oh. I could get you to <laughs> oh, cool. pick a number. So pick a number oh. between 17 mm-hmm. and 165. Whoa. <laughs> Any um, number between there. Okay, let's say 102. All right, 102. So you are... Oh, <laughs> how funny. Sukumogami, the the thing that I was talking about. <laughs> so oh, well, there you go. yeah, so I guess what's what's something that you've had for a while that you got rid of, like a piece of furniture or something? <laughs> oh, um, well, I just got rid of my car earlier in the year because oh. it finally died. Did you have a ceremony to wish it uh, well on its journey? <laughs> kind of. I took a picture with it. And sold oh, it to a that's junkyard, nice. So. so so actually, I feel like you're good, man. You, okay. You, you honored it, so it's okay, not going to yeah. haunt you anymore. That's, that's so, so funny because that's that's. Um, have you ever read the life? Yeah, the life changing magic of tidying up the Marie Kondo. No, I haven't. Okay, that's it's that's a lot of like the stuff that she says is if you're like decluttering to like thank an item for its service before uh, right. like donating or throwing it away. So it's funny. That's that's it's very similar. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's like this really interesting thing that's just ingrained into the culture. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, there's there's a ton, and I mean, this book does cover a lot, but there are so much more. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about like Pokemon, right? Like a I don't know, <laughs> yeah, Ghastly or Nine Tails or something like that. These mm-hmm. are rooted in uh, yokai culture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're they're all over the place. And Dead or Alive, I think Dead or Alive too. That final boss in dead or alive 2 is a tengu and mega man there's tengu man in mega man 8 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah you, you could really just go down the list i was even thinking about in in mobile suit gundam 
the um the the Xeon troops their main unit like the default kind of soldier uh mobile suit is a zaku so it's yeah, like this zaku right yeah the the one eye green mm-hmm. uh mobile suit with kind of like spiky shoulder pad but mm-hmm. i was thinking about it so there's the zaku then there's shar zaku which is a red version of that and then mm-hmm. there's uh the goof which is a blue version of that those you can see like an oni like it looks like a robot version of an Oni. So mm-hmm. even though it's not directly referencing yokai, aesthetically and, and kind of and symbolically is kind of like this yokai looking mechanical being. I think mm-hmm. that that's a really interesting thing. And actually, I, if you see like a drawing of a yokai and kind of, I mean, of an Oni and like put it next to it, I, you can you can mm-hmm. definitely argue that comparison. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Well, we should probably dive into the movie itself so we can dive into some of the more specific ones in this. Uh, But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Plundering Babylonian ruins, a pair of thieves learn that some things are better left undiscovered. After a 4,000-year slumber, an ancient evil awakens and heads east, sinking its fangs into the unsuspecting people of Japan. However, this evil will not go unchallenged. Japan has its own cadre of chilling creatures. They crawl up from the murky waters and creep out from the hazy forests. The yokai have arrived. These fable fiends join together, reaching the four corners of Japan to form an army of oddities the likes of which have never been seen before. This is Yokai Daisenso, The Great Yokai War. So the movie starts off in kind of a, uh, a different place than I was expecting. Um, and that's like we um, said before, ancient Babylonia. It's, um, or I guess it's modern Babylon, quote unquote, modern Babylonia. But yeah. um, but they're talking about like this ancient civilization. And we see these two kind of uh, token white actors um, like digging up this like ancient like staff thing from from under a statue that awakens this this evil that's going to be our villain throughout the movie yeah he he looks really cool there's like a really interesting thing about him where he, it's kind of like bird-like he's kind of reptilian at the same time but he always has these like i mean it's because of the suit right but he has these yeah. very human eyes that are piercing through mm-hmm. the dark outfit that he wears i thought that was kind of striking whether it was intentional or not yeah I like his weird, like, spike thingies shooting out of his lips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looks, yeah. Looks very uncomfortable. But then we cut to uh, Japan, and this is kind of... Actually, no, that's right. First, we see, like, a pirate ship <laughs> that, yeah. gets, that gets blown over, and I guess the, the creature is causing, like, a storm or, or whatever. But it's funny that we see this, and then we just never see these pirates ever again. <laughs> They're never mentioned once. Right, and I, I think they wanted to use some thing like you know like the big pool that you'll see in godzilla films Mm, so they're using like a miniature here and it's kind of another showcase of special effects yeah yeah but yeah so he they don't explain why but he flies to japan and uh very quickly what you find out is he needs like a host Mm -hmm. and you still don't understand what what he's up to and actually he's just he's just villainous he's just evil he you don't ever find out like what his plot is he's just kind of aiming for power and yeah um, yeah yeah so he 
he shows up and fights this older man that has like a samurai sword and you get a little bit there's a little bit of um the energy of like a period drama with a lot of the stuff that's happening mm-hmm. in this film and actually the i'd say that the other two films the uh 100 monsters before that and then um along with uh ghosts is the next one they're very more period films with yokai added to them whereas this film's like a yokai film with a little (laughs) bit of period drama stuff Mm. going on too but um they don't skimp on uh the violence because what happens is he's got like this vampiric uh i don't tendency where when he (laughs) like wants to possess somebody he like bites them like a vampire and they Mm. actually have this kind of really effective uh bright blood that they use yeah I guess everyone in everyone in uh, Southeast Asia was using the same the same yeah. blood sorcerer at the same time. <laughs> the way that it drips though looks really really real to me. It's yeah. not like a spray of blood like uh, like yeah, in a like Hong a, Kong like a Sanjuro or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I also really like the the compositing that they use in this film. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple, but it actually is really effective. So whenever he's kind of disappearing or teleporting around, yeah. they'll have this like brightly lit uh, version of him that kind of disappears and reappears, and it looks really cool. And the 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 sword like forming itself back together on the ground is really oh, cool because yeah, that shatters. Yeah, that's fun. I so, like, like that. So like stop motion. Actually, it's funny. I actually just watched. Um, I had never seen the uh, um, Clash of the Titans, like the eighty one movie. Oh yeah, cool. Um, I watched that just recently, and so I'm, I'm been enjoying a lot of cool like practical effects, stop motion stuff. That's that's awesome because I I mean I guess partly because of this, and I think that maybe we talked about it a little bit back and forth. But that's totally what I've been up to too. Like so, I saw <laughs> Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. And uh, I think Clash of the Titans on Netflix, so you can watch that. Yeah, and, that's where I watched it. Yeah, so it's kind of cool seeing what the rest of the world was up to, like mm-hmm. when it comes to special effects and like, uh, I mean, Harryhausen, like that's mm-hmm. that's always cool, like to check oh, out yeah. some cool whatever the the stop motion effects are in those. Mm-hmm. So the the guy that's playing this monster. He's he's played in the suit by uh, an actor named uh, Chikara Hashimoto. And actually, he uh, was an actor for Daiei Studios. And he, before this, was in Daimajin, which is kind of a really well-known kaiju kind of film. You you might recognize him if you see him. He looks like a giant, ancient kind of samurai statue. So he gotcha. played the suit actor in that. And he plays the suit actor in this. I'm guessing like most like most suit actors, he's probably really tall and super skinny. So, well, you can you can actually see how he looks. So in Bruce Lee's Fist of Fury, uh, the Chinese connection. Oh, he he actually plays like the samurai that Bruce Lee fights at the end of the film. Yeah. So I was digging, you know, and I was like, oh, it's the same dude. That's pretty awesome. But then what I realized is that I know in that scene when Bruce Lee kicks him out of into the courtyard, that's Jackie Chan that's doing that stunt. He's oh. he doubles oh, for him cool. there. So I had a fun moment where I was talking to Mike, our friend, about that, and I said, "Well, Jackie Chan 
doubled for Daimajin, <laughs> yeah. technically, if you want to use the kind of association there. So I think that's really funny. And yeah, um, yeah Chikara Hashimoto also uh, played in Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, a Jackie Chan film. I think that was one of his last roles. But uh, So you don't see his face in this film. And uh, in his time with Daie, you, don't, you didn't really. But it's cool to know that he's hiding behind that suit. Cool. So now he is possessed this this like feudal lord that uh, then goes back and he's like real angry and and like he's a lot more pissed off. And everyone says later in the movie that he was like this very calm, gentle man, and now he's all mad. <laughs> and to let you know instantly that he's evil, this dog is barking at him because I guess he can tell that he's a that he's a monster, and he kills the dog. Not cool, like, Zeus. Like, with, <laughs> we meet this dog, and I'm like, oh, cool. It's a little, little sheep inu. Those are adorable. And then within 20 seconds, he gets slashed. You don't see it, but. Yeah, you hear him kind of, yelp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's messed up. And then there's shrines in their, like, house, and he immediately goes to destroy the shrines. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You think, like, okay, I'm going to possess this guy. Yeah, I'm going to try oh, to, like, blend in, to... kind of. <laughs> Nope. (laughs) But as he's like kind of in a fit of of destroying all the stuff, he um, breaks this one thing that uh, flies into the the nearby pond. And that's where we get to meet our our Kappa. Uh, Yeah. And the Kappa's like our hero of the film, which is really fun. He's got this kind of, uh, I don't know, spunky attitude. (laughs) Yeah. I, I wrote that he looks like a demented Kermit. Oh, perfect! Like, like <laughs> his, because his, um, his whole head is just like this, this mask, like this thing over him. You don't see any like real eyes or anything. So he's kind of just looks like this puppet, just on a person's yeah. head. Yeah, because the eyes move and the mouth moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty. I have cool. a feeling that they have probably multiple helmets, because or hat, hats, heads, whatever you call them. Yeah, because because um, they do like different things in different scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, here you see it, him like drink some water up and spit it out like a projectile mm-hmm. at the villain, and I really like that because it like spins around and hits. Yeah, him. like bends away. Yeah, <laughs> but you do get to see some of what people would know of Kappa. So one of the things that they say about Kappa is that they're really strong sumo wrestlers. So there like are <laughs> oh, apparently cool. like stories of Kappa challenging people to wrestling gotcha. matches. So that's why and, he does like that pose whenever he's yeah. wants to fight the, the right. villain. And in I think it's in Street Fighter Five. It's either in Street Fighter Four or Street Fighter Five, one of E Honda's alternate outfits is a cap oh. outfit <laughs> oh cool so you've got the sumo wrestler yeah doing that that's pretty fun some other weird some weird weird information about kappas you ready for this so sure. w- one is that they have three anuses okay. <laughs> oh, okay. that's something i didn't i didn't think i would learn but here we are um the other thing the- purpose of that or the idea behind that is i don't know i do know that they're known to have really bad like flatulence (laughs) like their farts can like knock you out wow (laughs) and uh but there's another really strange thing is that uh kappa they have they'll attack people by disemboweling them by like sticking their hand up your anus and Mm. what they're doing 
Matthew, what they're doing is they're trying to find this mythical organ called the Shiri Kodama. So it's like a mythical organ that people have and it sustains the Kappa. So they they try to grab that, but by doing so, they disembowel you. Mm. So that's fun. That's fun. It's it's funny because usually you like whenever you see Kappa in most like more modern Japanese things they're usually like this this kind of character from this movie like this kind of lovable goof Mm -hmm. that like is like being goofy and flopping around and stuff not 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 disemboweling people through your butthole yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, but Um, yeah there's it's like I said there's like really goofy stuff but there's also some there can also be some like scary stuff involved too yeah but the Kappa loses this fight pretty badly, and he yeah. does this whole, like, I'll remember this, like, running away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's, he, has, he does a lot of very big, like, very kabuki theater, like, these really big motions and stuff since he has the mask on. It reminded me of um, a lot of, like, the emotes from, like, Monster Hunter. <laughs> like, oh, sure. Like, lots of these really huge motions since you have to kind of work with the limited visibility and stuff. Yeah. Um but he kind of goes to meet up with his his yokai buds. Um and that's where we get to meet kind of some of our our lovable our lovable goofs. Yeah, it's great. It's it's almost but, like this roster like here's your party <laughs> like Yeah, in a video here's game. your here's your weird dude with giant head, your long neck lady, your like talking bag thing. I don't really know what he is. Oh, um, yeah. And I mean, the I can yeah, so but, there's the yeah. the Kasakara or uh, Kasa Obake, the umbrella dude. The big kind of featureless thing that comes out that ha- kind of has like a goofy voice mm-hmm. is it's called a Nepu Peppo. Uh, it's always hard for me. New Peppo. That's what it's called. <laughs> so it's like a featureless mound of flesh, and they said Ugh. that if you if you eat the flesh, it'll you'll get eternal life. Oh. But they they also are like known to smell like rotting dead flesh. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to risk it if you want eternal life. <laughs> and and there's like the, the... long neck lady that she's yeah. my, she's my favorite. Oh, cool! Yeah, she's called Rokuro Kubi. So it's uh, Rokuro is like a pulley, like on a wheel. So I guess it's like uh, okay. it's stretching out or or extending. Yeah. And um, so there are like stories that are like at night like the like it's like the woman won't know it but like at night like she'll her head will stretch out or in some stories her head will come off and haunt people and then it'll come back and then she'll wake up not knowing what has happened (laughs) (laughs) so there's also the uh futakuchi ona so this is the woman with like a mouth on the back of her head Mm-hmm. And this one in in this film, she kind of has this creepy face on the back of her head, but in like the yokai stories, there are like these stories where um, the mouth can show up on a the back of a woman's head that's like repressed her true feelings, and mm-hmm. this mouth will like say everything that she couldn't say. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> and. I love in this scene the uh, the Kappa is trying to tell them like there's this new monster that like it's, I don't know what to deal with it and uh, and they like 
magically poof these two uh, books into his hands. That's like the yokai registry in Japan. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty funny. It's almost like this fourth wall joke. Yeah, because uh, yeah, um, what I can say about that is that um, I originally said that yokai were kind of like this oral tradition that were passed down, but um, there is a couple of people that actually were responsible of putting all these things on paper and kind of making it more solidified pop culture and the time. So actually one of the first dudes to do it is a guy named Alafcadio Hearn. And he's actually a foreigner, dude. I think he was like Greek. Let's say it's not an especially Japanese name. He did take on a Japanese name after mm-hmm. he lived in Japan. But um he actually was like the first person to bring yokai outside of Japan because he oh, like cool. documented these stories. Um, but uh, before him, there was a man called uh, Toriyama Sekien. And uh, this was actually like late 1700s where he made basically like what I said the yokai attack is, but the original <laughs> version of that. So he'd make a drawing for each yokai and have some flavor text with each one. And he actually would create his own too. But um, Toriyama Sekien is kind of like the modern father of what everybody knows as as yokai. There's some other people too. There's one guy that um, I've heard Matt Alt and his wife talk about called Inoue Enryo. And this man actually was a skeptic that wanted to disprove all of these things. But the, f- the funny thing about that is that he took such detailed notes on all of these yokai that he actually kind of helped spread gotcha. the information of yokai. <laughs> That's and, funny. Yeah, so he was like a Buddhist kind of um, philosopher, mm-hmm. but he wanted to disprove all of this. And he, <laughs> yeah, they actually call him like uh, Obake Hakase, like, dr yokai or professor yokai that's funny because of all of that so he yeah he he made a a book called well he made a series of studies called the yokai gaku mystery studies and those actually were like very important in solidifying a lot of the information even though he wanted people not to know about it or believe it (laughs) (laughs) so i think that's really funny and I always, I love in anything whenever there's like these fantastical elements, but there's also like bureaucracy and like yeah. forms and things like that. Like that's, oh, for sure. that's like my favorite part of the Venture Brothers is that <laughs> yeah. it's like super villains and comic book heroes and stuff, but there's all kinds of like, you know, regulations and rules for things mm-hmm. to be able to follow. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Really fun. Really pulls you in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, all the all the other yokai don't believe him, and I, I think at one point they said like, "Are you sure you're not delusional because you haven't drank enough water?" And the <laughs> the umbrella thing pours water on him. Yeah, but then we get to see our our villain kind of being a kind of being just a vampire. <laughs> um, yeah, what he ends up doing is uh, taking over the like his first assistant like his like mm-hmm. second in command yeah and uh then he puts him up to you get another splash of blood here mm-hmm. and uh then he's kind of his servant at first you feel like maybe he's transferring his essence into him but it just seems like he spreads it into him so mm-hmm. he's maybe controlling them both yeah. and uh then you also see them uh kind of put this this one woman the that's the the daughter of the of the leader 
uh, to sleep and his and one of her like assistants gets uh, gets drained. But I don't think she doesn't become a <laughs> she doesn't become like a, a another vampire or whatever. She's just dead. Yeah, um, you you find out that he needs to like consume the blood of mm-hmm. others and that kind of becomes mainly his driving force for the rest of the movie. Yeah, he just wants just, free just reign just to do what he blood. wants. <laughs> yep. Um we also get to see a little more of um Shimpachiro who's like the kind of the human hero of the movie who's like investigating and trying to figure out like what's going on, what the deal with this uh with this like the the leader is. Yeah, you get a kind of a short segment where he contacts his uncle who's like this Buddhist and he has like this ceremony to try to um weed him out and uh it it they almost they're kind of uh successful where they kind of attack the servant but uh our main villain who we'll know as Daimon he he's far too strong and actually yeah. the the uncle like burns to death <laughs> yeah oh that's so good because because <laughs> yeah, awesome. you you think that it's i, I thought it was going to be like a mr vampire situation where like the the shaman knows like everything for how to take care of this and and becomes like the sidekick but but no yeah. he gets taken out pretty fast no he um, gives he gives shimpachiro enough information to wound our villain mm-hmm. so he puts these candles out while his uncle is doing his kind of ceremony and the candles are like i said enough to take care of the servant but uh once uh uh, daimon kind of gets into things he like finds out and like tries to attack shimpachiro but shimpachiro uses like this little bow and arrow that he's been given to strike at him and uh kind of wound him in one of his eyes yeah yeah uh, before that, there is a brief bit where the 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 leader wants to Daimon wants children's blood. Yeah, <laughs> and so he's um, he like goes to a nearby house and and kills these these kids' parents who are able to escape. And <laughs> I wrote the note: the poor fat old brother older brother's butts just flopping around. Oh yeah, he's wearing this kind of little undies. Mm-hmm. thing <laughs> but the yokai get to have some fun here so yeah yeah it's cool to see them all doing their tricks against these kind of jerks mm-hmm. yeah and that's like like you said that that's their whole goal is just to be spooky not necessarily to like be violent or kill people mm-hmm. there's like an innocence to all of them that's kind of endearing mm-hmm. um the the kind of the leader the little guy with the the, the staff Oh yeah, with the big head. Yeah, I I couldn't actually get that much information on him, but he's called Abura Sumashi. So um, basically, what they say is that this yokai is a ghost of a person that's stolen oil, like from a lamp. <laughs> and uh, they don't really portray that at all in this film. He's almost kind of like the the leader of the group, but you get to see a couple of other uh yokai in this scene one of them's really interesting so his he's called ungaikyo and this actually is very different from the yokai that you would know as that name so originally ungaikyo is a possessed mirror so he's actually falls in line with those sukumogami that i was talking about like Mm -hmm. the umbrella but in this film they kind of anthropomorph anthropomorph 
I'm not anthropomorphized. Say yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they give him like a form of a of a creature, but they still have him like he's almost like a crystal ball. But yeah. it's his belt. His belly is like the crystal ball. Okay, cool. <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and he they kind of treat him like a like a TV almost, and yeah, that's where they see that Diamond's the 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 monster, and Cap is like, "See, told you." Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's and <coughs> that's whenever me. they they decide to uh, kind of invade the the place. Uh, I love the way that they do Rakura Kubi. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. How they handle how, her how effects. They, how they do her effects are it's really cool because yeah, uh, they'll anytime you see her face, you actually like see her like a, a real person's face and, and head talking, but they'll have like lots of like shots from a distance and like her like wrapping a lot of her wrapping her head around like a tree or something. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But uh, whenever they do like wide shots, it's just this really long, gross-looking p- puppet <laughs> that is yeah. kind of stretched around. The neck's always really solid form too. You don't see mm-hmm. creases or anything, so I think yeah. it it's really effective. That mm-hmm. Abura Sumashi, that little guy, I think he looks really cool. He's kind of got like a boulder for a head, but his eyes blink too. You'll see his eyes blink and change expression sometimes. The um. There's the owl bozu that kind of is with that other the the mirror dude. He kind of looks like a bald headed monk wolf looking guy. He <laughs> looks really cool to me. So um, yeah, every everybody's very distinct, and uh, the the suits are really cool for for the time that we're watching this. You know, 1968. Mm-hmm. Um, the following scene after the they scare those guys. That's really fun too. There's like this two gatekeepers that are like. It's like this comedy bit. <laughs> yeah, or like one of them is one of them sees uh, keeps seeing the monsters, but the other one doesn't. And yeah, and he's like playing one of the guys like playing a prank on the other guard, mm-hmm. but then it ends up being that the the umbrella is actually licking one of them, and he sees it, but the other one, yeah, like you were yeah. saying. But I had to look into this a little bit because these guys are like. It it almost seems like these guys are like yeah like professional outside of the, yeah like a like a Abbott Costello uh, Abbott and Costello meet the yokai kind of thing yeah and it, it's true so this is like a, a a comedic duo which you'd see in Japan like Manzai Kombi is like a Manzai co- comedy duo mm-hmm. where you'll have one guy that's kind of a straight guy and then one guy that's like the goofy guy and uh, these are two brothers they're called. Kenji and Hanji Wakai and they're really popular around this time so they kind of plucked them into the film as kind of like a uh, stunt casting oh cool yeah it's, it's funny and their their comedy really it's it's kind of like this timeless almost mm-hmm. like like you said like Abbott and Costello like mm-hmm. it's it's really entertaining their mm-hmm. energy and their back and forth is really quick yeah now some of the uh, some of the stuff gets lost in translation, but there are some legitimately pretty funny parts in this. You mm-hmm. know, in this movie, yeah. like people people getting people falling over and getting hits can always be funny, <laughs> no matter yeah. where you are in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the yokai trick them into getting in, so they can uh, rescue the children. So they're standing as guards, and they have like a carriage, but they're in disguise. And then there's a really funny bit with Futakuchi Ona. Where she's the one in 
the the carriage so when one of the gatekeepers looks in he sees uh, her with her horrible face yeah and then when the other guy looks in it's like the normal face yeah. and he's like you gotta look he's like i don't believe you yeah <laughs> but that yeah that's really fun mm-hmm. so what ends up happening is they they go into where the kids are being held and they take their place while the guard is asleep and then they can change form to look like the kids mm-hmm. and the the person who sneaks out to like be the be the meal basically for Daimon is our our long neck lady and yeah. she like there is this really cool really creepy shot from like outside the outside the room where you can just see like the silhouette of like the neck and the head like moving all around yeah it's um, awesome and uh Daimon ends up uh tying her <laughs> tying her neck in a knot uh to to stop her um, <laughs> yeah even the encounters where they really get into the fighting which we'll see coming up it almost is comedic in how they're kind of bouncing off of each other <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but so whenever she's in trouble all the other yeah yokai jump in to to try to help but they're kind of no match for for him yeah i love uh daimon swinging aburamesh sumashi around he's like oh yeah yeah, he's like (laughs) hanging on to it yep the other thing that's really funny is that um abura sumashi he you would think he would be like an old guy just based on how he looks but a child's voice for yeah okay yeah whenever he started talking i was like that's not the that's not the voice i would have put with him yeah it's it's really fun though also whenever the umbrella gets thrown into the into the wall it reminded me of the the leg lamp from a christmas story (laughs) yeah nice (laughs) that's 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 apropos of nothing it's just whenever i saw it it made me think of that i see Um, it (laughs) But um, but yeah, they get they get kind of thrown back into the swamp, and this is whenever uh, Shimpachiro finally fights him and and uh, is able to wound him with this uh, this Buddhist, uh, I guess, blessed arrow or something. Yeah, um, I I like that. Before that, though, he has like a seal, <laughs> like he wants oh, to seal right, the demon. Right. And <laughs> Daimon hits it away, mm-hmm. and it accidentally flies onto Kappa, and they do this effect where they shine a red light, like a spotlight, right on his head. Mm-hmm. And then all the other yokai go to kind of help him, and they all get sucked in by the seal, and they get trapped into yeah, uh, like a, like a, a pot, like a pot with yeah. the seal on top. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do also like that they um, before that, whenever they're watching the watching the guy with the big belly and the TV, basically that they have to like like encourage him so that the TV will will work. <laughs> yeah, it's kind like of, it's strenuous for yeah. him. He's like, oh, I'm, kinda, like he's holding in gas or something. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like back in the day if you like had an antenna TV and you're trying to get something to work, it feels like you have to like. Yeah, hit the TV. Kind of, kind of pump it up. Yeah, I was expecting one of them to slap it to try to get it to work. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. Um, but yeah, they get they get sucked into this this jar and and that's one of my favorite subtitle lines is one of the yokai just says, You suck, Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh yeah, what ends up happening so yeah, he he ends up dying. I guess the injury is enough to make him leave the body, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
what you find out is that Daimon possesses another body and uh, this is like another dignitary that's on his way mm-hmm. and he's got an eye patch. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I love that whenever he gets possessed, then the that the new host immediately their eye gets messed up. Yep. Um and he gets a cool eye patch. Eye patches always make you like like twenty percent more more ominous as a as a villain. Yeah, I always put on eye patches when I want to win an argument against my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta look intense. Um, the so the dig- the new dignitary arrives and he's like he's just a jerk from from the from Jump Street. Uh, yeah, he ain't playing, man. The first thing he does is meet Shimpachiro and say, "Yeah, take this guy away." Yeah, he knows yeah. He's, he's the dude that shot me. With yeah, he's like, "What? What are you talking about? Like, get out of here!" <laughs> and the other guys, all the yokai are still trapped in the uh, the pot, but Futakuchiona and the Karakasa, they're they're there to help. So they kind of that's like their side mm. mission. <laughs> yeah, and they meet up with uh, Chie, who's the 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 daughter of the the first the first leader. Yeah. Um, what we actually what we didn't say about the uh, Karakasa mm-hmm. is that that's completely a puppet. That's not a person at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they actually use the the same uh umbrella puppet in the film before that the Yokai Monsters, oh, cool. uh, Hundred Monsters. Yeah, that that movie's really good too. I, I think uh, I put it right behind this one. The third movie's okay. It's kind of like the samurai film with some yokai in it. But um, the Karakasa has like this kind of weird clicky clicky noise. Like oh, that's how yeah. it communicates. Yeah, it's, which is it's kind one of those of weird. Like, lassie. Like it doesn't actually. You don't hear it actually talk, but everyone else knows what it's saying. Yep, but it's always like swinging and floating around. Mm-hmm. And there's even shots where you'll see people running and they kind of are keeping up with the people running mm-hmm. with the umbrella, which is really fun. So, I mean, you all you obviously know that it's a an effect, but it you you don't get taken out of it when you see it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good it's a good puppet. Yeah, so they get Chie to release the rest of the yokai. Yeah, because they can't touch the seal because they'll just get sucked in too, so they have to get a, a human to do it. Yep, and this is where things ramp up for the finale, and this is uh, also where you kind of get the um, almost the Japanese like pride of all of this. <laughs> so they're like, yeah. we'll get all the yokai from all of Japan to help us fight. So um, they round everybody up, and you kind of... There's this story about yokai. It's called the... I want to get it right. It's called the Hyaki Yagyo. And it's called the Night Parade of 100 Demons. Where um, demons... Like, yokai kind of had their... like a. It's almost like a show of aggression around Osaka. Where they, like... I think it was Osaka. They kind of just walked around the capital... And uh, they didn't like fight or anything, but you kind of get that same feeling from seeing all the yokai in like a huge parade, like making their way to the final battle. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, before that, though, whenever the um, the Kappa kind of has a, a rematch with Daimon and it's probably my favorite shot in the movie. He has this like spear thing with a yeah. chain attached to it that he's swinging around and he throws it at him, and Daimon freezes it in the air, and, like, it looks incredible, because, like, it's frozen in the air, and, like, the camera zooms in, and the chain is, like, perfectly still while the camera's moving, and, like, it's, 
like I'm sure if I was looking really hard, I'd be able to see a, a wire, but like it's it looks really it's, good. It's really convincing. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and just yeah, because the spear has like this ball and chain on the end of it, so it kind of leads your eye mm -hmm. from that with that tracking shot. Yeah, yeah, that, I love that shot too. It is yeah. definitely one of my favorites, mm -hmm. and um, you could almost say it's like kylo ren holding like the that's i was kind the, of thinking the that holding, blaster holding the blaster yeah but yeah again you can't there's no computers are the size of a room in 1968 so yeah they had to had to do that all in camera yeah so um daimon turns on the heat he uses like some flames <laughs> yeah. to uh attack kappa and he I dives love, into the water and then he and there's actually the fire to follow him on the water and the water catches on fire <laughs> yeah so like there's like kappa has like this loud like yell you're like did he just die <laughs> and you don't actually see him till like the the towards the end of the the final fight mm -hmm. but um you've got all the yokai they're like all right this is our chance now so they start to uh attack daimon but he's still overpowering everyone mm -hmm. and that's i wonder if the the parade kind of scene from paprika was inspired a little bit from that like idea of the the hundred monsters or whatever because it definitely can, it made me think of that when i saw all these like moving all weird and dreamlike mm -hmm. yeah you could totally see that and they do this really well it's like i said there's these really fun composite shots mm -hmm. so you can see that there's like maybe a smaller group of different yokai but they kind of duplicate them to mm -hmm. make it look like there's a lot more but you can see within the parade there's like a tengu because you uh the tengu have like wings and they use like this leaf large leaf fan so you get to see like yokai in this sequence that haven't been in the movie at all which is really fun yeah that's I always love that in a movie where it's like someone had to spend dozens of hours designing and, and building that suit only for it to be in the background shot for like 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I like to mention, too, is that um, our group of yokai, they're kind of wearing these little headpieces uh, when they're fighting against him. Those are actually called Tenkan. It's actually a, a traditional burial headpiece. So you can see that they're like, that's signifying to them that this is the final battle. Gotcha. That, you know, we're here to bury this guy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's really cool. So yeah, there, there's this like this, this is kind of the, the, the yokai war. Um, yeah. Where yeah. they uh, like, it's just this big fight scene. They're in this cool, like black void, basically. Um, yeah, it almost smoke. turns into this yokai dimension where it's like uh, only, yeah, we can do whatever we want here. Yeah. And at the end of this encounter, you'll see that it's like in that same courtyard, but you have no sense of scale yeah. while they're all fighting. You, yeah, so like some of the other yokai I see are like the, there's one that's like a, just a kid with one eyeball. Hitotsume Kozo is this, mm -hmm. you see him here. You see a kitsune, which is like the fox demon. Yeah. Um, What's the one that's just like a fireball floating around? Because so, you see Yeah, that. that's... Yeah. Actually, that's like the first yokai you see in the film, like mm -hmm. right before the logo. It's called a hitodama. So it's like... Um, hito is human. Dama is soul. So it's like the expended oh, soul like of soul a human. floating around. Yep. Like in uh, Katamari Damashi. 
you know, dama is the same. Oh, so yeah. I think, yeah, yeah katamari damashi it's is like, it's like, like a, a lump spirit or something like yeah, that. Yeah, lump of souls. Yeah. yeah. It's the same same thing. Gotcha. And it, I'm sure that's part of the inspiration for like the fairies in uh, Zelda. Cause yeah, they're, sure. They're kind I, of like a little ball of light floating around. Yeah, it's something that, you know, even though like Zelda for the most part is seemed like cultural culturally neutral, mm-hmm. that's something that any Japanese person will instantly recognize. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's pretty it's cool. funny. But yeah, the- learning so whenever again learning about Japanese culture, a lot of stuff that I thought of is just a video game thing. It turns out it's actually <laughs> just a Japanese culture thing that I learned about <laughs> yeah. through video games. Yeah, nice. Did you ever play Pocky and Rocky? Um I so I think I briefly did at like a okay. like at a at a magfest or something like that. Yeah, but... a, a lot of uh, yokai stuff that I first encountered ever was in a game called Pocky and Rocky. Gotcha. I first played it on Super Nintendo, but it was originally an arcade game by uh, by Taito, mm-hmm. and you play as either a little Tanuki dude who we actually we don't see any Tanuki in this film. So like something like uh, Super Mario Three, right? Tanuki yeah, suit yeah. Mario. So it's like a mythical Oregon, raccoon. Animal Crossing, Tom Nook. It's yeah, Tom, Tom Nook. Nook. Tom Nook. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it, you it's, know, it's, it's there. Yep. So a mythical raccoon that can change form and basically Tanuki cause mischief. Mm-hmm. Um, and have big something... balls. Yeah, they have big <laughs> balls that can change shape. One of those weird, one of those weird things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, in Paki and Raki, you either play as like a priestess or the little Tanuki dude. And it's a kind of like a top-down shooter, but you're walking. Hmm. And all the enemies you encounter are like yokai. Or, okay, let's see, uh, Mystical Ninja. Did you ever play oh, yeah, Mystical Goemon. Ninja? Yeah. yeah, so there are a lot of uh, moments in those games where you're encountering yokai. Makes sense. That's I, I don't a, know. That's a very yeah. japanese kind of game. Yep, I love all that stuff. And I was as I was looking into it, I I just recently played through Ghosts of Tsushima, mm-hmm. and uh, there are some moments where they allude to yokai in Ghosts mm-hmm. of Tsushima. But honestly, I was just waiting for them to really like you know, I let think, it rip. I think they. But, I feel I heard about like a like a like a Halloween something something for Ghosts of Tsushima well, that had. Yeah, right around now, they're going to release an expansion Mm -hmm. to Ghost of Tsushima, and it's going to be like a multiplayer, like co-op thing, and it looks like they're pulling from yokai or, you know, like kind of more ghost stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty hyped to see what they do with that. But what I did find out, and it's a game that I need to go back and play, is in Neo, the uh, Koei Tecmo, like Dark Dark Souls Souls, type. Yeah. Yeah. neo 1 and neo 2 there are plenty of yokai in that so i really want to uh check that out there's another yokai that i really like that isn't represented in this film called the umi bozu which means like sea monk and it's basically like a huge uh like human form made of water that just like drowns you in the ocean so you'll see like a huge wave overcome your ship but it has eyes and a mouth and it's just like terrifying, <laughs> <laughs> but I know that there are umibozu in um, in Neo too. I think so. I'm definitely gonna check that out. There's also Sekiro, the uh, the from software, um, like Souls like but Japanese like th- themed yeah. 
game that I need to play too. So uh, I'm going to have fun going back <laughs> into media that I've already really enjoyed mm-hmm. and finding more yokai because yeah. I've been in this headspace for a while. <laughs> cool. Uh, but yeah, they were able to they're able to defeat Daimon and kind of like they kind of do like a, and don't come back kind of thing. Like look at him, yeah, at the edge of the water. Yeah, yeah. They just like so the the thing that's really cool too is that um, he grows to be huge. Mm-hmm. And um, before that, there's a moment where he splits up into different copies, almost like a ninja copy. And they their their whole goal is to poke him in the eye basically mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> he's he lost one of his eyes already and they figure oh that must be his weak point mm-hmm. so um abura smashi gets on the karakasa the umbrella dude and he flies up to his eye and pokes it out it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pretty great so then he like fades into the water and like it's like bubbly yeah like soup of water yeah it it kind of it feels very like a like a kaiju like returning to the sea kind of thing yeah Oh um, yeah, totally. And we see our our humans briefly, and they're like, "I'm I'm sure the like I think I think it's over. I think the yokai did it." Uh, and then there's this weird like three minute long parade of the yokai <laughs> like going back to their <laughs> their respective places. Um, well, this, yeah. like, this mountain foggy kind of background. I do really like that. There's um before the people show up, right when the battle ends all of the yokai are in this group this kind of long shot with like an overhead spotlight on them and then they disappear and then it fades into daylight and that's where you find out they were in the courtyard mm. i i really like that yeah. shot too that might be my second favorite shot of the whole film <laughs> yeah they, but it's fun they, you know they, like, they yeah. go into the disc that's that's the end of the movie they just they keep going into the distance for for a while and then <laughs> then we get the <laughs> then we get the end and you can see it's like, you know, our heroes, you know, they saved us and yeah. now they're going back into the forest where where they live. So it's like this, I don't know, it's like, I don't know, like a nostalgic feeling it almost yeah. seems like yeah. or just like kind you. of like this warm kind of take on all of these monsters. So I, I, I just really enjoy that. It's it's really cool mm-hmm. to me. That's yeah, fun. We were talking about, you know, different media. Well, I was. <laughs> and I, I feel like there's, uh, I think people will kind of go to the easy answer and say Ghibli films, right? Mm-hmm. You've got like Spirited Away yeah, yeah. and Princess Mononoke and stuff. I would say that you should check out Pompoko because that focuses on Tanuki and kind of it's another kind of nature versus um civilization i guess mm-hmm. and there's uh some moments where you they do like this kind of yokai basically like the yokai parade so you see a lot of the yokai that you know anybody would learn about mm-hmm. so that's really cool and there's another movie called a letter to momo that i really like that's like actually like a lot more heartfelt and kind of emotional but mm-hmm. it's yokai play a big part in that film too so that's that's really fun yeah, that's Yokai Daisenso. It's yeah, it's it's a pretty short movie. It's the uh, a, a buck twenty, and then it, but it just you gotta kind of just be patient with it because there are some. I guess for me, there were some parts of yeah. it where I was like, okay, all right, all right, all right, I get it. Um, but there's some yeah. really cool stuff. A lot of really amazing costumes and, and effects for the for the time. And like you said, a lot of cool like cultural significance in in all of the the creatures. 
Yeah, I think for me, the the major draw was just kind of seeing these yokai represented and um, kind of seeing this era of tokusatsu. Like, um, I don't know. I get I, I really like Godzilla films, so I kind of I'm cool with that pacing because it's <laughs> kind of what I expect out of it. But I can totally see how somebody would be like, oh, it's kind of boring. Mm. <laughs> but me, I'm like sitting there wide eyed like, with a big yeah. smile on my face. <laughs> yeah that's awesome but yeah it's really cool uh i i'd recommend it like i said um adv released these in the states in the early 2000s the dvds are kind of expensive to find now so there's that but um i don't know if somebody put it up on youtube but i wouldn't be shocked this feels like you could find it on like daily motion or something you know yeah yeah i think so but if you're into tokusatsu I think it's an essential kind of thing for Halloween <laughs> this month that we're in right now. Well, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you enjoyed it, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to it on. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes the Number Three Podcast on all three of them. And Carlos, what is our training for next week to finish up Halloween? Yeah, so we're going to take another step into uh i guess ghosts and stuff mm-hmm. and i think this is another essential for this month if you're thinking of asian cinema mm-hmm. we're leaving japan and we're going to china so i want us to talk about a chinese ghost story a legendary film 1987 so uh this is directed by chin su tung uh choi choi hark had a big part in yeah. this film and we're gonna see leslie chung again and actually somebody that we haven't seen in quite some time that was a staple of year one of Heroes <laughs> 3. Wu Ma. We're going to oh, see cool. Wu Ma again. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so this is this is going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, uh, join us next episode for a Chinese ghost story. Well, until next week, where we're checking out a Chinese ghost story, I'm Matthew. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes the 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.